Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 15th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it looks like we aren't going to get another government shutdown. Trump has agreed to a spending bill, incidentally, which has far less money in it for his wall than he was originally asking for. In other words, he pretty much caved. But then again, maybe he didn't cave because apparently he's going to declare a state of emergency in order to just bypass Congress, which is completely unconstitutional. And everybody would have thrown a fit if it was Obama doing such a thing, but, you know, that's politics. Anyway, I don't guess we're going to get the entertainment of another fake shutdown. But hey, lovers of political theater, do not worry. You still have the trade war drama to fixate on, so, you know, there's that. Anyway, the price of gold pushed up overnight after being pretty much range-bound throughout the week. The yellow metal is on track for at least a slight weekly gain. There's really been a bit of a tug-of-war going on. We have increasing pessimism about economic growth, a growing feeling that the Fed really is finished with rate hikes, and... Well, we got a really bad retail sales report, so all of this supported gold, but a strong dollar and optimism about a resolution in said trade deal capped gains. The dollar index was actually close to a two-month peak this week. As far as the trade war goes, two White House negotiators will meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping today, but there still isn't any decision to extend a U.S. deadline for a deal by March 1st. U.S. tariffs on $200 billion worth of imports from China are scheduled to rise to 25% from 10% if the two sides don't reach a deal by that March 1st deadline. The president has indicated an extension is possible. If I were a betting man, I'd go with yes, there will be an extension, but, you know, who knows. So we're supposed to be in this booming economy, right? No matter what the stock market has done, no matter what the Fed has done, the pundits keep insisting the U.S. economy is fine. It's strong, just rolling right along, right? And yet we have two bits of news this week that really undercuts this narrative. In the first place, U.S. retail sales recorded their biggest drop in more than nine years in December. Receipts fell across the board in brick-and-mortar stores, online, and also in restaurants. As one report put it, this suggests a sharp slowdown in economic activity at the end of 2018. Sales fell 1.2% from November to December. It was the biggest monthly decline since September 2009. Economist David Rosenberg added another layer to this, noting in a tweet that restaurant sales have declined in four of the past five months at a pace we haven't seen in 25 years. That means worse than the depths of the 2001 and 2007 through 2009 recessions. Remember, restaurants are a leading indicator. And then we had this bit of news. A record number of Americans have fallen behind in their car payments. According to the New York Fed report, more than 7 million Americans have fallen at least 90 days delinquent on auto loans. That's more than 1 million higher than the previous peak in auto delinquencies, which was back in 2010 at the height of the financial crisis. I was amused by Peter Schiff's sarcastic tweet on this news. He said, I guess people are doing so well in this booming economy that in their excitement, they forgot to make their car payments three months in a row. Or maybe, just maybe, things aren't as great as the politicos and the pundits keep telling us. There was more interesting Federal Reserve news this week, indicating that interest rate normalization is a done deal. 
Now, stop and think about this for a second. 2.5% is apparently normal for interest rates now. Anyway, Federal Reserve Governor Lael Brainyard said it was time to end quantitative tightening. She said, quote, balance sheet normalization process has really done the work it was intended to do, end quote. She also said she didn't want this policy tool, which is tightening financial conditions, to run counter to interest rate policy. She said reductions in the Fed's balance sheet should end later this year. And she's not the only person at the Fed talking about ending QT. Earlier this week, Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester flat out said the central bank is going to end the balance sheet reduction scheme. She said, quote, at coming meetings, we will be finalizing our plans for ending the balance sheet runoff and completing balance sheet normalization. End quote. There's that word again, normal. On top of all of that, San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank President Mary Daly said the Fed is discussing whether quantitative easing should be a tool that is used, quote, more readily. You know, it wasn't that long ago that QE was considered an extreme measure. Well, extreme is becoming the new normal. I'll link to an article that explains more about QE and what the Fed is talking about on the show notes page. Now, really, none of this should come as any surprise. You can't have normal monetary policy in an abnormal economy, and the economy is far from normal. It's a giant bubble built on debt. That's the proverbial elephant in the room. We have spent ourselves into oblivion. You simply can't have normal interest rates in an economy built on debt. I've said this over and over again. The Fed knows it, too. That's why the interest rate hiking is done. Just this week, the Treasury Department announced that the national debt has pushed beyond the $22 trillion mark. According to data released Tuesday, the national debt now stands at $22.01 trillion. Now, get this. When President Trump took office in January 2017, the debt was at $19.95 trillion. That's a $2.06 trillion increase in the debt in just over two years. Now, this is after two years of the fiscally conservative GOP controlling both the White House and Congress. Thank you, Republicans. Here's another cute fact. Based on Treasury Borrowing Advisory Committee calculations, the Treasury Department will need to sell a staggering $12 trillion in bonds over the next decade. The committee said even without factoring in the possibility of a recession, this will pose a unique challenge for the Treasury. You think? And, you know, you might want to factor in the possibility of a recession as well. This is one underlying reason that the Federal Reserve simply cannot continue raising interest rates. The increasing number of bonds on the market alone will naturally push yields, i.e. interest rates, higher as a function of supply and demand. That may well put the Fed into a position of having to become a buyer of U.S. Treasuries again. Somebody is going to have to soak up the massive supply of bonds. The Chinese aren't buying. The Japanese aren't buying. And of course, the Fed hasn't been buying because it's been shrinking its balance sheet. So far, American investors have taken up the slack, but that just can't last. Remember the number I just threw out there. We're talking about $12 trillion in U.S. Treasuries flooding the market in just the next 10 years. Now do you see why the Fed is talking about ending its balance sheet reduction program? And the next step is another round of QE. It's another round of bond buying. It's going to have to buy bonds, especially when a recession takes hold. Peter's been saying this for months. 
Everybody's poo-pooed him, but it's pretty clear that's exactly the road we're heading down. And it's not just Uncle Sam borrowing himself into oblivion. U.S. household debt climbed to a record $13.54 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2018, according to a report released by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Total household debt, this includes mortgages, now stands $869 billion higher than the previous peak, which was $12.68 trillion in the third quarter of 2008, you know, right before the big crash. And it's 21.4% above the post-financial crisis trough reached in the second quarter of 2013. Non-mortgage debt increased by $58 billion in the fourth quarter, with auto loans increasing by $9 billion, credit card balances up by $26 billion, and student loan balances climbing another $15 billion. And Americans are having a harder and harder time making payments on all of this debt. I already mentioned the huge increase in auto loan delinquency. On top of that, flows into serious delinquency for credit cards rose to 5% in Q4. That's up from 4.8% in the third quarter. Meanwhile, outstanding student loan debt now stands at $1.46 trillion, a whopping 11.4% of aggregate student debt was 90-plus days delinquent or in default in 2018 Q4. There were also troubling signals in the housing market in this report. Mortgage debt actually slipped for the first time in two years, and mortgage originations dropped by $44 billion. That's another sign that the housing market is slowing down. Of course, housing is a leading indicator in the economy. Keep in mind that both housing and autos, two sectors that we've seen pretty obvious signs of distress in over the last year or so, these are two sectors particularly sensitive to interest rate increases. No wonder the Fed doesn't want to increase rates anymore. One thing is clear. The Fed has managed to once again blow up a bubble economy built on a foundation of debt. I say once again because we saw this movie before in the years leading up to the Great Recession. But there are obvious cracks in the foundation right now. The question is, how long can the whole thing hold together? The economy is addicted to easy money heroin. The Fed tried to wean the addict off the drug, but the addict started going into withdrawal and threw a fit. It looks to me like the pusher has just given up. The addict is going to get the drug. So what does this mean for the gold market, precious metals? A Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can tell you a lot more about this. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Do it today. Time is running out. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You can find links for both of those on our show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always love to hear your thoughts and input. So once again, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.